Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, the areas which you use to trigger the sound files are, are geofences. Uh, we allow you to attach information to the to the to those geofences as well. So you can add you can add a picture and a bit of text to those um, uh, to those areas to those zones. Um, but really, they are the main focus is the audio. So it's it's tagging a location with with audio. Yeah. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mapscaping Podcast. My name is Daniel and this is a podcast for the geospatial community. Today I'm talking to Josh from a company called Echoes and he's going to be telling us all about the geolocation of audio files. I hope you enjoy the interview. Welcome Josh, I'm so pleased that you could take the time to talk to me today. Uh, I think from the little tiny piece that I know about your work, it sounds really interesting. But before we jump into it, maybe you could just give us a, a quick introduction about who you are. Sure, yeah. My name's Josh Kopacek. I'm the director of Echoes, which is a platform for creating locative audio experiences. Right, so that begs the question, what is what is locative audio? Yeah, Um it's a kind of large topic, really. Um, perhaps it would be good for me to give a little bit of background about uh, where my history in locative audio came from. So personally, my background is as a musician, and um, I studied electroacoustic music and, and um, classical music. And I, it wasn't until I finished my studies that I was introduced to locative audio. Um, and we were, or a few friends and I were asked to create a walking audio experience. And uh, at, the, at the time, I had no idea what it was. And um, we were thinking about the kind of experiences to create. Uh, we were, and at the, the time, I was living in Vietnam, and um, we had collected sounds from around the city. And we're thinking about placing them in various various uh, situations, and we used a, an app which was available at the time uh, to to create a a map of uh, these sounds around the city. And as you walked around, these sounds were then triggered by uh, your location. Uh, the the app we used at the time was great, but um, it came up with a load of problems which we wanted to solve. So we ended up eventually creating our own platform for making these walking audio experiences. And through the process of creating that platform, we discovered that there was a really great interest in creating these kind of experiences. A lot of people who were involved in that original um, walking, uh, walking audio tour were then uh, interested in creating their own experiences. So we opened up our platform for people to be able to publish their own experiences. And that's really where Echoes has come from. Um, the whole concept around locative audio is that you have a uh, piece of audio, a sound, could be anything, somebody speaking, uh, narrative is very popular. Um, it could be a field recording, something that you've taken a recording of. Uh, outside. It could be something you've recorded in a studio, it could be a piece of music, and then you fix uh, a location to that uh, GPS coordinates. And then when the user gets close to that, 
sound, then it's triggered for them. And then it starts playing in their headphones. And this you know, normally requires a, a smartphone to be able to play it back with uh, GPS. But that's that's all you need. It's a lot of people nowadays have a smartphone. I think it's smartphone penetration in the UK is around about 90%. So um, it's, it, you know, basically anybody could do it. Um, and then you need a decent pair of headphones as well if you want a really immersive experience. But, you know, just to get started, you need a standard pair of headphones. So uh, that's the kind of basic underlying concept behind locative audio and a little bit about our history. So... If I had to put this in layman's terms, it sounds like geotagging sound files. I know that's probably a really rough way of saying it, but is that what we're talking about here? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, the areas which you use to trigger the sound files are geofences. Uh, we allow you to attach information to the to the to those geofences as well, so you can add you can add a picture and a bit of text to those. Um, uh, to those areas, to those zones, um, but really they are the main focus is the audio. So it's it's tagging a location with with audio, yeah. And in the uh, in the pre-interview talk we we had, you talked about that you could change the the nuances of, of this audio depending on where you were in the zone. So it it wasn't just okay. Here's a point when you get within five meters of this point, this thing's happened, but you the, this audio starts playing. But you could fade in and fade out, fade out and trigger other sounds, but all in the in the same area. Is is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you can um, uh, you have control over some basic playback properties. So for example, if you want a looping sound, you can set a sound to loop when you're inside a zone, uh, which can create a kind of um, a continuous ambient background sound for you, uh, which can then be a kind of backdrop for your narrative or whatever, if you're creating a, um, a guided tour. And um, then you also have the ability to, for especially which is good for guided tours, be able to play a sound file right to the end of it, rather than if you leave a zone, then it will stop. Um, and then you're also able to control the volume of the sound based on how close you are to the center of that zone. So the further away you get, um, the, the quieter the sound gets and the closer to the center you get, the louder it gets, which enables you to create these layers, these lattices or, or um, collages of sound. So you can create a, um, a moving texture, a moving sound texture as you as you walk around in that sound map, uh, which which creates a whole gamut of possibilities for making uh, interactive audio. It's that's really the part which excites me, which is the, the the creative possibilities behind locative audio, and that's just uh, scratching the surface of it. Really, we because through the through the Echoes platform, we we just offer the most basic um, parameters for uh, changing the sound. Uh, of course, there are other ways of doing it. You could uh, potentially use um, uh, the all sorts of other different factors apart from uh, location. Uh, you could use the time of day or the temperature. You know, there's all sorts of sensors on smartphones which you could use to change the sound as well. But the core of what we do is working with um, location. So using the spatial coordinates to trigger sound and then control its playback. 
So in, in the GIS and, and mapping world, we're quite used to attaching information to, to geometries, to, to things in space, to certain areas. So, for example, in, um, in GIS and a geographic information system, for example, you might have uh, polygons representing buildings and each polygon might have an attribute, uh, which would be, you know, it could be a number, it could be the the amount of people living in that building it could be the amount of parking spaces attached to that building it could be something like that this is the first time that i've ever heard of people attaching a sound file to a geometry and i think it's a really interesting concept because it's another way of augmenting that data and it sounds like what we're talking about in reality is augmented reality but maybe just not with the glasses this time maybe not with a in a visual way but in a in an audio audio way would, would that be a correct way of of looking at this yeah, exactly. Um, I, I describe it as locative audio, which of course is a, um, <laughs> you could say, a quite antiquated term now. Uh, locative audio as a concept has been around for a long time, uh, nearly nearly 20 years, I think. Um, the the, the, the um, new concept is to use augmented reality. So we tend to call it audio augmented reality these days, which is... Uh, like you say, attaching sounds to locations and really, um, you know, if you, we allow you through the Echoes platform to be able to add circles and polygons, uh, like you were describing, you, you could add a polygon to a building. And then when you get within the vicinity of that building, then the sound would be would be triggered. And this really raises the, uh, the, the possibility of creating augmented reality experiences by just using audio. And this is uh, this is probably the most exciting part for me, which is how you can create an immersive experience using audio. Uh, because when you remove the visual component, you are, in a sense, reintroducing the real world. And the only sense you're taking away is, is sound. So it's, it becomes like a soundtrack to your life. Uh, as you walk around. So that sound then merges with the real environment. And probably what we'll get onto a minute is 3D audio, but that 3D audio then offers this uh, next generation of immersive uh, capability. I think it's really interesting. Your approach to this is clearly as an as an artist, someone who's wanting to create experiences. And I, I come from a GIS, a, a geospatial, a mapping background, and I can see this as a way of delivering information, I can, like I said before, another way of augmenting reality and another interface, like maybe just a, le a less um, intrusive in interface where you could walk around with your with your smartphone, your headphones on, and receive information passively from from these different sources, depending on on where you were and in re in relation to them. Um, you mentioned just before three D audio. What is that? Right. Um, well, it's it's interesting you say. I just want to go back a second because you mentioned passive and um, it, it's important to remember, I think, that this isn't just a passive experience. It's uh, the listener is really controlling uh, the, the experience as well. So as as a medium, locative audio is giving the listener the control back over the kind of experience they're creating. Of course, the kind of base components, the sounds which are tagged, you know, attached to each location are created by um, the the composer or the um, the person who's made the audio tour themselves 
but the listener has control over which sounds they play back, where they go, how long they remain in a particular location, which offers up um, a very interesting uh, head, hesitate to say, but de deconstructivist approach to um, audio experiences, and which is not something which is really possible with traditional, traditional audio or listening experiences. Um, and to you know, uh, okay, so now now I'll get on to the 3D sound aspect. 3D sound is a uh, another layer on top of locative audio. So 3D sound allows you um, to create a what is in essence a surround sound experience over headphones. So if you imagine when you go to the cinema, um, you're watching a screen in front of you, but you, you might be hearing a helicopter, you know, that's the classic Dolby experience. You hear a helicopter flying overhead. Um, it sounds as if it's over, uh, it sounds as if it's traveling over your head and it's quite realistic. Um, you can achieve the same thing with headphones. And this technology has been around for, again, more than 20 years. Um, I think it was, in fact, possibly developed in the late 80s. Um, the, the, the possibility to spatialize a sound um, so it appears as if it's coming from a particular direction around you just using a pair of headphones. Um, and so this it has traditionally been used in games. Uh, so you can hear a character who's in front of you or an enemy coming from behind you, something like this. And what we want to do is use that spatial audio to uh, create more immersive experiences. So as you walk around, you would hear sounds coming from a particular building, or you, you would hear a narrator who is um, directly in front of you, and you could approach them and walk around them. Um, you, you could hear clues coming from particular locations. You could hear, you know, you could change the audio environment of a particular space. So for example, you know, you walk into a factory building and it sounds like a jungle. Um, that's you know really basic way of um, explaining it, but the the possibilities are really really endless. Um, and with um, the new technologies in hardware which are coming out, uh, we're we're now able to offer um, head tracking, which enables you to um, basically create uh, an experience where as you move around and as you move your head, the audio appears to stay in the same place. So you can have sta a static piece of audio. You imagine listening to a bouncing ball uh, in front of you. You can approach that bouncing ball. You can move away from it. As you turn your head away from it, it stays in the same place. Um, and that's all possible with uh, head tracking and 3D audio. It's a very exciting sphere. Yeah, it's, it sounds like it's really going to personalize things. It sounds like that you're going to have even more control over, over your experience. Exactly, yeah. So... You, you you are creating a um, you know a personal listening experience, like you say. There's there's a lot of possibility for uh, creating personalized experiences as you walk around, and also interactive experiences. If you imagine the kind of massive multiplayer online games which are available at the moment, uh, such as Fortnite, uh, you can imagine playing those in a real world environment where the other people are creating sounds around you in the virtual world and then you are able to hear those sounds as well so yeah it's really exciting you gave some examples before of use cases and one of them was that the classic sort of walking tour and i'm assuming this would be through a city for example and if you had this 3d sound this immersive environment 
that would I guess that would require quite a detailed map of that city environment, wouldn't it? I mean, you'd have to know where the buildings were and um, how, how they responded to the different sound if you were going to recreate that environment in a realistic way. Exactly, yeah. So this this is one of the questions, um, and uh, we talked a little bit before about the need to map environments. Um in terms of having 3D modeling for, for environments. And this is very important in audio because, for example, a um, you know a cello playing in a concert hall sounds very different to a cello playing outside. So if we were to record a cello playing um, in the concert hall and then play it back over headphones while you're outside, it creates a kind of sense of discontinuity or oral, oral discontinuity. So... By using um, 3D modeling, we can actually try to recreate the audio scene using that modeling data and then replace that audio in the environment. So for example, if if you hear somebody speaking and you pass by a building, um, the, the actual occlusion of that sound would then be masked by the 3D model itself. So that that... Um, the voice of the person actually appears to be coming from in the real space. And there are all sorts of interesting questions or very difficult questions, I think, which are, um, for example, how do sounds um, behave differently in different contexts? For example, in a park, uh, the the behavior of sound is very different to to that in in a concrete playground or a concrete car park. So, we have a lot of research to do and a lot of a uh, lot of interesting questions to answer with regards to that. Absolutely. Could you give me some use cases for this? I, I think you've done a really good job of painting the picture of, of what locative audio is and the, the future of it, the, this 3D audio. And we've talked a little bit about that sort of walking tour idea. Um, have you got any other use cases, maybe sort of a, a business use case where you think, wow, this is gonna. This is gonna be a big deal. Well, yeah, I think um, one of the most exciting things for me, which I thought of in the past, was um, uh, and which I still have a real passion for doing, is creating, um, uh, I, I guess, historic soundscapes. So you imagine going into a museum and being able to experience um, or traveling back in time using sound. So imagine going into the Neolithic period and being able to experience the sounds of the Neolithic period, hearing the um, the animals running past, hearing people working with basic tools or um, you know, calling in their own language or, or things like this, um, and then placing that in the museum context. So then taking that audio and being able to walk through it within a museum and then switch between different contexts based on you know, where you are in the museum or even changing the, um, changing the soundscape yourself um, in in the in the app as you walk through the space uh, and I think there are a huge number of different possibilities for this you mean imagine if you could go back to feudal Japan just with uh, just with a pair of headphones and walking around in the museum space I think it'd be an incredible incredible experience and I think that's where the real potential lies for uh, spatial audio and um, 3d 3d sound or uh, audio augmented reality Absolutely. Those sound like really, really, really interesting examples. Like I said before, it sounds like um, if they're going to be a reality, then it's 
it's going to require some pretty hefty 3D models, uh, updated 3D models of these environments we we want to experience and move around in and, and listen to. So I think that the mapping industry has got a lot of work to do there. Yeah, exactly. There are some shortcuts we can take, like uh, pre-rendering um, sounds in particular environments. Uh, we work with something called Amazonic Audio, which is um, pre-recorded audio, like 360 audio. It's very similar to 360 video, or it's the, it is the um, sound format that they use for 360 video, uh, which enables you to create a like a pre-rendered um, uh, audio experience within a particular space. So you could then pre-render the um, the space for that particular piece of audio. Um, so yeah, there are there are lots of different shortcuts you can do, but there's a, yeah, there, there is also a huge amount of research if we're to we're to create those kind of Pokemon Go style experiences. In the in the pre-interview, you gave this great example of um, recording a three D experience of uh, of a gospel choir, and you had a, a lot of um, challenges there, especially with the indoor positioning. Could could you say a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So a project we did. Uh, a couple of years ago, worked with indoor location um, and spatial audio. Uh, so we uh, created in a warehouse space a, a walking audio experience. And I should say that this the, the content was created by an artist that we collaborated with uh, in the US. And he wanted to recreate the sound of a gospel choir. And what he did was he multi-tracked the audio um, so he had the uh, individual sound of each singer, um, but as a whole, it created the gospel choir. And then we spatialized the voice of each gospel singer within that space uh, and placed them where they would have been standing. So what actually happened was that you could walk through the space and walk between the gospel singers and hear each individual singer as you approach them. And so it would be like standing within a real gospel choir, but a it, it being a virtual gospel choir. And it, this was a very challenging experience because we had to work with uh, high accuracy indoor location. Although it was a warehouse and the space was quite large, uh, we still had to have pretty good positioning. And we worked with uh, an indoor location provider. This was before um, some of the newer uh, indoor location solutions came out. And we were we were able to get it down to I think uh, below below a meter accuracy. I can't remember what the exact accuracy was, but we needed that level of accuracy in order to give this immersive experience uh, the playback. And then the other half of the experience was that people were able to contribute their own sounds to the experience. So um, they were able to go to a specific point in the space and record their their reactions um, to uh, the concept of the. Uh, the concept of the, the the installation, which was uh, climate change in uh, in this particular location in the US, um, and leave that as a kind of sound bite in that space. And when other listeners walked into those uh, spots, they could hear that particular feedback. So this was really um, uh, pushing the the possibilities of of locative audio to to the max. It was that was a really cool project. That sounds really interesting, and it reminds me of a conversation I had with a company recently. And what they were doing is they were um, they were dragging a whole bunch of data out of uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anything that was anything that was text based and geolocated. 
and then they were putting it in um, sort of sort of grouping it into these sort of broad categories of political or stay-at-home mums or, or whatever it was. And their idea was that if they could do that enough, or collect enough of this data, then they could get a feel for what the what the pulse of the community was like at any one time, and then watch that change. You know, watch the the feelings, the emotions of, of the community change, and then they could use it for for things like um, where should we? You know, then a, a company might say, hey, uh, we need to position a shop. Where, where should it be? What community would best suit this? And then they would use this data as another layer to that to that analysis. And uh, what you were talking about before just reminded me of that idea of, of locating information. And in that context, they were locating text. There was you know text messages, but it had a location. And what you're talking about is locating sound, and people could contribute their own sound. I wonder if this is going to be the next thing, geotagging sound in the same way we, we do with photos, texts, and videos on social media, for example. I, I certainly hope so. Yeah, <laughs> sound has always been uh, something which has been somewhat left by the wayside. But uh, you know, we talked before about um, the fact that podcasts are also extremely, uh, extremely popular these days. And I really think that sound has now reached that level of maturity in terms of technology that everyone has a pair of headphones and everyone has a smartphone. Um, in the same way that uh, you know, a few years ago, it was uh, the, the uh, ubiquity of, of cameras in smartphones suddenly enabled everybody to be able to take a picture of whatever was happening around them, and then that laid the ground for Instagram and other other startups to to take advantage of that. And I think now, uh, with the the rise of podcasts and the interest in audio generally, people have got a pair of headphones with them most of the time. So. The, the possibilities for that are huge now. And I think, you know, platforms, hopefully, like like Echoes, are going to take advantage of that. And the fact that our platform is free and open and um, free to use, free to publish content on, um, anybody can start taking advantage of it now. And this um, could lay the, lay the ground for things like located podcasts or located news, or all sorts of all sorts of new new ideas, new mediums, uh, through locating, um, uh, linking location with sound. It sounds like we're uh, we're going towards a, v- a very exciting future in terms of locative audio. Hey, I've just got a couple of questions left for you be- before we say goodbye. And one of them is, why is location and audio, wh- why are they so good together? Well, what excited me about location and audio in the past, um, and what still excites me, in fact, is the fact that it's a different medium. Uh, I touched on this a little bit before, but um, the the possibility of linking location with audio changes how the content is presented. So instead of uh, creating a linear experience, where, which you would be doing when composing a piece of music or creating a podcast, which starts, uh, starts at the beginning and finishes at the end, and you listen to all the parts in between in a specified order, uh, what you're doing with locative audio is actually deconstructing that audio, um, taking it apart. So even the background sound and the foreground sound, if you're creating a narrative with uh, with non-diegetic sound, um, you can separate those layers and then trigger them in different ways. So for example, the ambient sound uh, could loop for five minutes before your narrative comes in. Um, but that's dependent on how quickly uh, the, the listener moves. So by creating these layers of sound and placing them in different places, you're, you're creating this level of serendipity in the creation of the, uh, the audio experience. Um, 
and also the, the listener is free to construct the uh, the listening experience as they choose. You know, they if you're creating something in a park uh, or in a public space, uh, the listener may not be able to get to all of the parts of it, uh, parts of your experience. So you don't have control over how much they listen to. And it's not like they can just press pause and, and resume it later. They have to be in that space and experiencing it um, right there and right then in order to be able to get the full experience. So that's that's really the, the, the kind of crux of what really still interests me about locative audio is this um, the, the kind of magical serendipity of it. Josh, I really want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me today and introduce me to this idea of locative audio. I've, I've definitely learned a lot, and I, I'm sure the audience have, have appreciated your story and, and hearing about this as well. Um, but just before we say goodbye to each other, where can we go to learn more about what you do and your work? So if you head to echoes.xyz, um, there's lots of information about what we do. You can sign up for Echoes and create your own content online right now. Um, and it's free to upload, free to publish content. And we have iOS and Android apps ready to download. So get creating now. Excellent. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Daniel. And that's it for another episode of the Mapscaping Podcast. My name is Daniel. I'm the host of the show and I want to thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. I really appreciate it. If you want to reach out to me for whatever reason, you can contact me on social media. We are Mapscaping on Facebook and Twitter and MapView on Instagram. Hope to hear from you soon and uh, yeah, see you next week. Bye.